Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the swamp. This is the Ogre and the Ass podcast. How you doing today, guys? Eric, how you doing? Doing all right. Good. And Robert, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. So for all our people listening today, today we have a guest speaker with us. His name is Robert Anderson. Robert, again, we're really grateful for you coming on today, especially the topic we want to talk about. We know you've been through some stuff and we're really excited to hear what you got to say. <clears throat> so before we get any further, uh, let's just kind of dive right into this. So we did a poll on our Instagram and the poll was, do you believe that addiction can be cured? Yes or no? 16 people said yes, and three people said no. So, Robert, what is your take? Do you believe addiction can be cured? I say based on different type of addictions, yes. Other ones, no. If you go, if you look at how much people, let's say, are addicted to pornography, okay. they are, how many people go to different places to get that cured, you'll still have that feeling that you need to do it. Yeah. So, in my head, that's not cured. That's you building up a muscle so you won't do it, but yeah. you still have that urge to do it. So do you, it was like for you, it's not cured until the urge is gone. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Cause people might define that differently too. Mm. Absolutely. Eric, what's your take on that? Do you think addiction can be cured? Like you said, it does depend. Except I would say pornography is easier because you can take someone camping for like a week and they'll be away from the internet and they'll be like cured until they go back <laughs> to the city <laughs> and they're beating their meat again. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> Uh, I'm outing myself. I go to church. <laughs> but when it comes to like drugs, I don't know. My uncle's a crackhead and he's been a crackhead since the what, 70s, 80s. He's been on heavy. And I mean, I love him, but probably he's probably not going to get cured. So I'm just being realistic. You've been yeah. doing it since the 70s. That's not an addiction. That's a lifestyle. <laughs> Forgive me, uncle. Hey, so question, if he falls from a three-story window, will he just get right up and keep walking? <laughs> he thinks so. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Crackheads got superpowers. They, they actually they do. do. Yes, they do. They do. You can watch on video people getting shot that are on crack oh, yeah. and they just keep going. Yep. People getting tased. What's Terminator. that one? Do you remember that guy with the cigarette? He had to have been on something. He gets tased by the police and he oh, goes, yes. I'm going to get you, bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he just lays down. He's getting tased the whole time and he's not feeling it. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I love that video. We used to, we quote that in this house sometimes. <laughs> I think he's a Florida man too. Actually. Oh, it has to be Florida. I think there's a natural ability if you're from Florida that tasers just don't hurt you. They're just human people. <laughs> okay. So back on the topic of addiction. So Robert, we brought you on here today because we know you have a bit of a past with addiction and we kind of want to dive into that if you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Okay. So really, I'm just going to hand this off to you. This is going to be your show from this point on. So I want to know, like, what was your addiction? So my addiction was oxycodone. Oh, so, shoot. Okay. So I got started in high school and it was, so I was trying to become a college football player. Yeah. I had high, I had colleges already looking at me my junior year. Yeah, I ended up hurting my back really bad okay. to the point I would have to go to the physical therapist every day, twice if there was a game. Oh wow! And so my buddy that I ended up um, talking to ended up giving me some pills. Didn't know what they were. Ended up being able to take about five milligrams of oxycodone. And I would take about five of them before every single game. How much is like, what's considered like a lot? Or I guess what's a normal I would, dosage? I would consider a lot, maybe about a 30 milligram. Okay. And oh. so, and it all started because of football. If I, my coach seen me do it, didn't stop it. Oh, wow. So your coach knew? Oh, I guarantee you he knew. Like he seen me pop stuff before, but didn't say anything. 
Okay. The same coach, he would see me walking around school, knew I had alcohol in my bottle. Didn't do one thing about because I was one of those guys. If you were good, you could get away with murder. You had it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get out of jail free. That's that's still a thing in sports. Definitely. I could walk down to our liquor store, totally do not look 21, and buy a bottle just because. Oh, wow. I was a football player, pretty much. Where's this at? Uh, North Summit, Colville. Okay, is that in Utah? It's in Utah. It's about 30 minutes away from Park City, 40 minutes from Wyoming. Okay, that's crazy, though. So, is, is it a small town? Yeah, I graduated with no more than 40 kids. Oh, wow. wow. So, yeah, small class. Small, so, small, exactly. So, everyone knew you. They knew, like, the they, football team, right? Exactly. Oh, wow. um, so, everyone says that weed is a gateway drug. Okay. I do not believe that at all. In fact, my mom and wife might kill me about this. I'd rather my kid smoke weed than cigarettes. Uh oh. How come? Because in cigarettes, you have chemicals in it. Well, at least with weed, it's just pretty much a plant. Yeah. So they're, you're more likely to get cancer out of cigarettes than you would with weed. Okay. So I just want to knock that right out. Like, I believe weed should totally be legal in all 50 states. I see the medical reasons on how it's effective with people. Yeah. My buddy, his grandma, can't. He has, she has cataracts. Oh, okay. And she couldn't read her Bible. So finally, he talked her into smoking. And all of a sudden, she can start seeing a lot better. She feels a lot better. She's more active. And so, to me, weed is a lot better than any other thing that you can take. Oh, wow. Man, I didn't think, okay, well, we should start our own like, cannabis company now. <laughs> I'm down with that. At this point. You make bank in Utah. The ogre in the ass indica. <laughs> okay, so so oxycodone, right? That's what it is. Yep. Okay, so how long were you strung out on that? I would say from my sophomore year till about I was twenty two, and I'm twenty five right now. Okay, dang. So where were you get, getting it from constantly? Um, a guy in Heber. So you just had a plug. My, you had a plug up in yep, Heber. He wouldn't charge me anything. What? Yeah. Wait, free oxycodone. Exactly. And <laughs> so that's... Don't tell the kids that. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I think it also got really bad because I knew I could get it anytime I wanted it. Why'd you get it for free? Why? Like, you were just that close to them? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Don't add his name on here. Oh, I'm definitely not going to. <laughs> Give him a plug. <laughs> it would here's not a, end well. Here's a shout out to our guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? He'd probably call you up in like a month or two. Like, dude, business is booming. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not or you'd get arrested, and then I'd be screwed. It's not, it's not illegal till you get caught. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. no face, no case. So <laughs> exactly. So all the way up until you're 22 years old, and was it only oxycodone, or was there anything else? So involved? I would. The only drug that I would consider I never did was meth. Meth scared the shit out of me. Okay, why not meth? I see people on meth and my buddy overdosed on meth. Right oh, in really? Front of me. So after Did, I seen that, I never even thought about touching it. So I have to ask because people use the term overdose kind of freely. Do you mean overdose? Like he had he, to be rushed to the hospital or did he pass away? He passed away. Oh, I'm sorry about yeah. that. See my, uh, so I know I've seen people who are on meth before. I've seen how messed up mm. they can get from it. So that's something like, Definitely. I didn't get a hard, I didn't get like a hard look behind the curtain, but the little bit I did get, I was like, Oh shoot. Like screw that. Like I'm not someone I've never taken a drug in my life. I don't really have much of a point to talk about it. Uh, but it was literally because of what I saw, like I, 
my sister was someone who was strung out on stuff for a while, but she overcame it. She's like a champion of the world now on that stuff. Uh, but it was hard for, like for her to overcome that and for her to deal with it and to come to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And so what were some of the, let's say ramifications, I guess, what were some of the negative side effects that came from taking drugs? Was it hurt relationships? Was it just you, um, your body? What happened? So before I got clean, I got to the point with my mom and my stepdad to the point, my stepdad thought I was going to do a drive by on him. Because me and him were button heads. And I've been to jail about five times by then. Whoa, wait a second. Okay, so, so like, how old are you? So at that point in time, how old are you by your fifth time I would in jail? say about 19. So by 19, mm -hmm. you were in jail five times? Yeah. You've told me about some of your stories about getting locked up. <laughs> some of them are funny. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are not. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's crazy, though. So by 19. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, you ever seen that TV show called The Ranch? Yeah. I'm like, you You fit right in. You were one of them. Like, prison, like, jail back then was just a regular for you, walking straight yeah. in. Like, what's up, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because I didn't go to the same exact jail every time. You got bumped I went around. To, yeah. Oh, shoot. So, okay. my mom's a cop in Eber. I've been to that one. Been to the Ephraim one twice. Been to the Salt Lake one. I want to say once. And been to the Summit County one. Once. Yeah. So, you were a regular. Yeah. Hmm. You learn how to make shivs and stuff? No, I learned that from my job, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what these kids teach. <laughs> okay. So that's, but that's insane, though. So five times by 19, your own stepdad thought you were going to do a drive-by. What about mm -hmm. after that? Um. So there's a point that me and my uncles do not talk. Oh, okay. Me and my uncles, we are pretty much growing up together. I think they're only like 10 years older. Oh, that's not much, yeah. Yeah, I was to a point in my life that I didn't give a damn about anything. And there was, um, so we had a shotgun that was running through our family. Yeah. Um, I was so whacked out of my mind, I went and sold that shotgun. Like, it started from my grandpa all the way to me. Wow. And so you, it was went you, through like eight boys in my family. It was like the Anderson shotgun. And I went and sold that. After that, me and my uncles have not talked still about it. Whoa, okay. So, but if you were getting it for free, why'd you sell it? So I was in Salt Lake, and this one wasn't, it wasn't for pills. It was for, um, crap, I can't even come up with what it's called. It was um, DNT. Okay. And so I can't get that one for free. That one's. So, <laughs> Don't got a plug on that. <laughs> no. Nah, so where I was buying it, you can get it in a, a vape pen. Okay. And for maybe 20 hits, it was $300. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I wasn't making great money then, so I just sold it. Wow. Imagine how many people are like, I can't believe you're spending that much. My plug would get me. Do, 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 do. Oh, All this stuff. definitely. Like, yeah. Everyone's going to talk crap now in the and comments. And when they say that, they're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay. So you just needed some, it was DMT? Yeah. DMT. And you were, you sold your shotgun for that? Yep. The family shotgun. The family shotgun. Wow. Do you remember like the make, the year, all that? It was a 20 gauge um, single action. It was like easily 50 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was supposed to go down like your kid now. That was supposed to go to heat. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Can you, can you get it back somehow? Nope. I've looked for it for years. Cannot hmm. find it. Watch that show up on like Facebook Marketplace or something. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I check that every day to see if it pops up. Really? So you're still to this day looking for that shotgun? Oh, yeah. But do you recognize the face of the person who you sold it to? Nope. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you sold the shotgun. Uncles just stopped talking to you. Yes, they're talking to me a little bit, but it's more, hey, how are you doing? And then we go our separate ways, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So, mm. and I guess that kind of leads into the relationships, that your drug issues hurt a lot of relationships. Oh, definitely. What? What are some of the worst examples? If you don't mind me asking, so, just trying. To, I'm just trying to paint a picture. Definitely my uncles. Okay. Like, we grew up together. We went hunting, fishing. They're the ones that sh- showed me how to shoot, how to fish. Um, to the point, me and my dad really don't get along. But that's also him. He's also an alcoholic. He's an addict. And so when he gets that, me and him just butt heads. Um, my relationship with my mom is finally getting better after... It started getting better maybe a year ago. Wow. That's crazy. Hmm. And, like, I just barely started talking to my set back in. Wow. So, holy cow. So, even, and you've been off it now for three years. You've been clean for three years, right? Yeah. Oh, at least off that stuff. So like, Yeah, so I still drink. Okay. But, like, I'm not as bad as I used to. I used to be able to work. So, go to work, and I would get two bottles of Jack Daniels. I would chug those. And then I would go to the bar right after. Whoa. Like you had an issue. Yeah. So I would go easily drop 300 bucks at the <laughs> bar. And when I say 300 bucks, it's not like a $5 drink. It's a $3 Coke and whiskey. Wow. And so I would just get drunk all day. Hmm. Holy cow. I, I do got to know though. Like, wh- why did you do all this stuff? Okay. So it all started when I got a scholarship to go play for Oregon. Okay. Ended up breaking my hand. And tearing my MCL. Okay. I lost that scholarship because they, I, my body couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. And uh, being in a relationship with a girl that for six years. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that's a relationship. Yeah. So <laughs> six like months. I, I haven't survived six months yet. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I never made it past six months. Other than six years. <laughs> yeah, that's a commitment. So I planned on marrying this girl. We had, and I thought everything was going good. All of a sudden, got blindsided. We broke up, and so that made me go deeper. Okay. And so it was an just, escape. Yeah, it was just an escape. It was a band-aid. And so when I finally started getting clean, I realized how bad I screwed up everything. So, yeah, in that moment of when you are dealing, or I guess when you're when you're using, um, did you realize the relationships you were hurting? Like, did you fully comprehend the, the magnitude of what you were doing to your family? At that point, I didn't give a damn. Really? I was so depressed. I couldn't tell you how many times I tried to overdose myself. Oh, wow. I I didn't give a damn. I wanted everything to end. I just wanted to escape. Yeah. And so getting high, getting drunk all, every day helped me escape. Wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And so w- what was the aha moment for you to drop it? Um, so it was actually the last time I got arrested. I got arrested in my mom's jail. And the cop, like, when you get arrested by another cop and they find out your parents are a cop, they're hard on you. They tell you, oh, your disappointment, oh. your family. Like, <laughs> he just went straight to disappointment. Oh, yeah. Like, you better get used to seeing your mom through a glass. Well, this cop actually pulled me aside. He's like, I was you at this age. You can change. You just have to change. And so when he booked me, seeing my mom's face through the glass knowing that she's doing her job. Like, if you go out, hey, mom, how are you doing? She wasn't your mom right there. She wasn't my she mom. She was officer. Exactly. So-and-so, yeah. So it 
in my head, it's, yeah, if I started something up, yeah, she's going to taser me. No matter what. Because it's her job. It's her protecting her team. Yeah. And so just right there, kind of opened my eyes. And when she saw me, she's like, at least I know where you will be tonight. Oh, that's that's hard. <laughs> at least this time I'll know where you'll be. Yep. But she's probably a really friendly person, I'd imagine. <laughs> oh, she is. She's an amazing mom. She's pretty much my mom and dad throughout yeah. my whole life. She had to be. She had to step in as both she, for a while. Exactly. Like my stepdad didn't come in the picture till I was fourteen. I didn't have the best relationship with my old man, so wow. she had to be both. And even when my old, when my stepdad came into the picture, I still, me and him did not get along. Okay, so you have this aha moment. Your mom tells you, at least I know you'll be tonight. Okay, you get out. Of, you get out of prison or jail. Sorry, you get out of jail. Yeah, what I do never you made it to prison? <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, um, a yeah. guy that I was working with, he ended up paying for me to go to rehab if I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up paying for me to go to rehab. And I remember part of the rehab, you had to call everyone that you'd done wrong. Oof. You had to make recompense, huh? Exactly. And that right there was the hardest part of that whole program. Like, okay. It was easy to quit everything. The hardest part for me to quit was actually chew. No, oh, okay. Out of all the drugs, it was chew. <laughs> okay, so tobacco. Tobacco, yeah. And if you see me carrying a bag of sunflower seeds, it's because I'm craving it so much. Oh, okay. That I'll just use sunflower seeds because I have to have something in my mouth. Gotcha. And so, but the hardest part was making those calls. Like, calling my uncles, telling them, yeah, I'm the one that sold the shotgun. Or even call my mom because I stole $600 from her. Oh, wow. And so, <laughs> Oof. yeah. And when I called my dad, he told me he lost his son that day. Are you, wait, wait, wait. So you're trying to fix yourself and you call and you call him to reconcile your relationship. And all he has to say is, I lost a son. Yep. Wow. Then again, he was drunk. At, oh, you called him in that moment. I mean, exactly. Wow. So that, hmm. holy cow. Good okay. timing. Anyway, you know what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, okay, keep going. This is crazy, though. And so just right there, him doing that showed me what not to be as a dad. Right now, I I take my fathering advice from both my grandpas that have stuck by me no matter what I've done. Yeah. And so they were there to help me get clean. They were there to show me hard love when everyone was trying to baby me. Oh, you're okay. You're okay. They pretty much told me, no, it's time to suck it up. You did wrong. You need to own up to it. Hike up the skirt and do do your job. Exactly. Yeah. Man. Okay. So the hardest, and out of all those calls, the which one was the absolute hardest? My mom. Why? Because that ruined our relationship. She was there. Oh, I mean, the last time you got locked up ruined your relationship for a while? That one. And then being, calling my mom, hey, yeah, I'm the one that sold, I mean, took the $600 from you. And me telling her why I took it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that was probably, the, so out of your whole rehabilitation, those calls were the hardest part. Yep. I, that's also why I'm in the field I'm in right now. Cause I don't want to see those kids have to go through the stuff I had to, if I, if we can stop them right then yeah. before they make any of those mistakes, yeah, they're going to still do weed. 
They might try other drugs, but if we can stop them right there, that makes the whole difference. Well, you know, and there's something to that. When I've talked to the kids before and they're like, you know, weed's legal where I'm from and, or like I've been smoking weed since I was 12, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and rag on it because you, everyone can go back and forth on their take on weed. I don't care. I really don't care. What I, what, it's something what I care about is, is this your escape? Kind of like what you talked mm -hmm. about. So I said, so when you're just using this to escape a pain, I'm like, that's when I care. Because you're not going to become addicted to it. You're not going to become addicted to that feeling per se. Am I wording this right? You're going to become addicted to the escape it brings. Exactly. So it's like, oh, weed's not addicting. You're right. Weed is not addicting. But the escape, escape. it brings, that's addicting. And then yeah. that's when you can consider a gateway because pretty soon that, that high is not going to work to help you escape anymore. To escape the guilt? Yep. You're, it's going to be right there. So that's when you see the kids start going up to stronger drugs to get to that escape again. And I think, you know, we've both seen it where kids have lied to us before about, yeah, no, I, I didn't do this or I don't have this. And then it was, yeah. I will never forget one particular day, uh, you know, I won't dive too much into it and obviously won't drop names, but there was definitely <laughs> one particular day where the kids said, no, yeah, we don't have this. Like I've never, and I've never had a reason to not trust them. They've always been, you know, told me the truth. And that was legitimately the first time some of them had ever lied to me. They had it right then and there on their person. And they said to my face, no, I don't have this. And no, it's not going through here. And uh, it hurt a lot. It hurt relationships that day. Yeah. Uh, some of the kids, when they came apologize, even started crying because they knew that was the first time they had lied to me. So that I think that right there just shows like where it's like, well, it's not that big of a deal. If it's not that big of a deal, why was it worth hurting our relationship? Mm hmm. Yeah. And people don't put it in that perspective. They just see in the moment because they want to escape something. Yeah. <clears throat> so, OK, so you do your calls. I assume how, how long were you in rehab for? So I was in rehab for eight months. Yeah, but it wasn't like the rehab you would go stay. It was you would have classes that you would go to. Yeah, and then twelve step program, pretty much. And then you would you can still go to like AAA and stuff like that. Yeah, which I feel like AAA really doesn't help. It felt when I the one I went to, it felt like I was just going to church. <laughs> to be honest. Hey, fair enough. I was going to say, but isn't all AA kind of spiritual based also? I, I, I think so. I went to one in Nashville before and it felt the same. It, I think it depends yeah. what program you do through. It'll be more church based or church centered. I believe the original person who came up with AA was religious, but he was the one who came up with the 12 steps. I can't remember the full story. It's kind of cool. I'll have to go back and read it. But uh, yeah, I think it was originally based around like some sort of church settings. But yeah, so eight months, get out. What do you do? Um, that's when I actually started dating my wife. Oh, right when you got out? Yeah, so me and her were actually both getting clean. Like, we didn't know each other, and we were actually getting clean at the same time. And so that just helped our relationship a lot better because we both knew what we were going through. Holy, so you, you guys didn't, like, uh, you guys didn't enable each other. You held each other to a higher standard? Exactly, yeah. Like, we didn't, oh, yeah, this is fine. Like, you had one slip up. No, you, you had a slip up. We're done. Oh, so you guys told yourself to that. Like, if you're sleeping up, you're not going to be around me. Exactly. Because we we want to get better. Wow. Okay. And in just full face of honesty, have you ever had a weak moment where you relapsed back on oxycodone? And I don't mean like if you actually got hurt. I mean, like you knew like you were fine. You did not need it. And you took it anyway. So it wasn't oxycodone. Okay. It was PCP. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this was, I want to say it was an accident. Yeah. But it wasn't. So me and my wife, we broke up for a little bit. It was my fault. I was talking to another girl, but I did not cheat. 
I broke up Hold before. On. Okay, we're not going to get into this. Okay, you know Bill Clinton. Not... <laughs> I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Um, but I was at a bar and I was already drunk. And this girl comes up and she's like, "Hey, do you want a mint?" Oh shoot! She wasn't a mint. <laughs> she got you. I ended up taking it. You got it. Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You got Bill. I and can't believe that. As soon as I took it, I knew exactly what it was. Because all the lights are dimming and circling. Wow. <laughs> I can't. Hmm. So, note to self, if I ever go to a bar, don't take any Don't mitts. take it. Yeah, don't. Don't get Cardi B'd. <laughs> Cardi B'd. Yeah, Bill Cosby'd. And then after that, um, so me and my wife were broken up for a month. It was funny because that night after, she texted me. She was in a relationship already with another guy. She texted me, am I okay, for some reason. Like, we weren't talking. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did this, this, and this. And she ended up coming to my house that night, pretty much chewing me out. For Wow. It. So she spent the time to come back and chew your ass <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, as she has a boyfriend. Wow. Okay. Right there. Okay. And so, and then I apologize for everything I've done. Like, I broke over, up with her over Snapchat. Use an asshole. Is that a thing? I'm telling you right yeah. now. <laughs> ass of the day and Snapchat breakup. Yeah. She still gives me shit for it. <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, And me and her ended up getting back together that night. The bad part was she was still in a relationship with another guy. So Wait, wait a second. So she gave you crap because you were like, you talked to another girl for a second and then you got back while she was still with someone. Yes. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that part of the story. <laughs> I can't wait to talk yeah, to her about it. Yeah, everyone hears her part, but doesn't hear my part. <laughs> but this kind of goes to show, though. Like, you guys r- really did care about each other, and you were there for each other. Yes. It's almost like you two were made for each other. Uh, actually, it's funny that you said that, because she was at my senior game. We still didn't know each other. I, she, Her boyfriend was actually a guy we were playing against. <laughs> really? Yeah, we found that out. And then um, I was doing security over at the U of U. Well, mm-hmm. she's a student at the U of U in the same building I was doing security for. Wow. And so you guys we, didn't know each other. We didn't then. know each other. So we crawled, we probably crossed paths at least four or five times. That's, I'm not going to lie. That's really cool. I've never, I didn't know that about you two. Yeah. And we found, we ended up talking to each other on Tinder. Hmm. <laughs> so right. Tinder. So, so wait, Tinder's not just a hookup, by the way. So, oh, so we can, oh, you listen to that podcast? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Gotta go back to Tinder. <laughs> hey, you say what you want, we'll say what we want. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, that well, wow. I didn't know all that though. So you would cross paths throughout your life and oh yeah. Finally just met up and and so ever since being with her now, like after you guys re- reconciled your relationship, um, have you ever had a slip up since? Nope. Not one. Kept it clean. Yep. Dude, I'm proud of like, you. I Hell yeah, dude. I still drink. Like, you've seen me drunk. <laughs> yes, I do get handsy. <laughs> <laughs> you questioned your sexuality. <laughs> oh, my wife says that, too. Like, if J.J. Watt was here, yeah. I, he was I, just in Park City. I know. Yesterday. You know how mad I was. He was in Park City yesterday. Oh, I know. Oh, trust me. I, I, know. I literally I thought about, I thought about calling you. It was like, dude, he's in Park City. Let's just go drive around until we find a big dude. <laughs> You don't think I knew he was in Park City? No, I, I assume you stalked him. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. So your whole story of, like, recovery, how long How long was that? So from the moment you got locked up by your mom mm-hmm. to your last time using, how? what's the time span, you think? A year. 
Took you a whole year to get completely clean. Yep. And I don't like re- what what do you consider clean? Because I still have urges to go and do all the dumb if, stuff. If I, I, I were to test you right now, would you test positive? For oh me? yeah. I definitely You test positive for something? Oh, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> no I, hey Rob, you're defeating the purpose of this. No, I would definitely <laughs> test negative. Gotcha. But you still get those urges. Oh, definitely. Every day. Every day. What's, Every day. Like what's your trigger? It just it just comes. Just comes, yeah. Like I can't come up with anything. It, it like, if, like, I, if I'm if I'm stressed, oh yeah, it, it's that. But there's days like, oh yeah, it sounds good to get high right now. Yeah, I have nothing better to do. I feel you. So just that right there. So with how much I work, I tried to, and on my days off, I try to stay occupied so I don't think about it. Oh yeah, and you got a newborn kid right now. And yeah, so that helps. He takes up a lot of your time. Yeah. Okay, so let's transition this a little bit because now we've been talking about your history, but I want to know kind of like what you would say to people. Because like right now, let's say your son came to you and he's like, Dad, you know, I got offered oxycodone. I guess, you know, and and you don't have it in your hand. You know, he still has it. Mm -hmm. What would you tell him? Because he's on the fence about taking it. What would you tell someone who's on the fence of taking it? I would tell him my story about it. You'd sit him down and just like tell him the whole thing. Yep. Like I was talking to my wife, if my son ever decides to do stuff like that. I'm going to be straight up, hey, this is what I went through. You do not want to go through. I can't tell you what to do. Well, I can tell you what to do. But <laughs> sure. if you do that in my house, you're not going to be welcomed here anymore. Yeah. And so why is it that you would take that approach? I feel like the more you cuddle uh, um, addiction, the more likely they're going to use it. So it. you're not doing it because you don't love him. You're doing it because like you're not being like that strict because you don't love him. You're doing it because like you, there's a no tolerance policy on yes. this. You coddle it, it sticks around. Exactly. Because the kids will feel like, oh, okay, I didn't want, they're not mad at, well, they're mad, but they're not super mad. Right, they're not kicking me out. I still got, I got all this stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I see what you're saying with that. And that might come off a little harsh, but I've also seen it too, to where I I kind of agree with what you're saying. Um, When it's just a slap on the wrist or you yell at them for two hours, they're like, okay, well, I just paid. What did that solve? I paid my price. Um, Now, when you're not looking again, I'm going to go use it again. Exactly. There's got to be a zero tolerance approach. Yep. And if you're you're like that with your kid, like, they're not going to tell you everything. Yeah. And so I feel like you have to be able to break it between being a parent and being a friend. If you're coddling them, you're trying to be their friend. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, we'll get through this. No, you need to be a parent and put a boot to their ass and tell them, hey, this is you're screwing up. Yeah, and especially, but, like, right now we're talking about your oldest child. But if you had another one, I guess your only child right now. But if you yeah. had another one, like, you don't want that spreading to him. You don't want that becoming a culture he has to live around. Exactly. So my mom had to go with that. Like, my little brother, he ended up getting caught with weed. He was a dork and went back for his pipe <laughs> when he was camping. And so, and I feel like I'm part of that because I did bring that in. I had weed at the house all the time. Yeah. And so, and one day he told me, oh yeah, I did find weed in your room and I took it one day. Oh, wow. So, and so I, I feel like that is on me. Like I should have hit it better or I shouldn't even have it in the house. Wow. Rob, that's crazy. Like, it's crazy to think that like one, you had no idea you, like you, that he took that from you. Oh yeah. And you see kind of the ramifications of that now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's say your son does take it. Okay, I'm going to put you in that scenario. I know it's hard now, but let's say you, you sit down, you tell him the story, zero tolerance, and one day he's just like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And we'll, we'll just say, we'll, t- we'll do two scenarios. He, uh, he tells you about it first. What do you do if he comes to you and he's like, hey, dad, I still did this? 
Or if, I guess what would you be your recommendation if to? If he didn't hide it, like he came out completely clean, didn't lie, like, yeah, I did it. This is when I did it. Okay, I can work with that. Because he's not trying to hide it. He's realizing he messed up. He wants help. Yeah. But he just doesn't know how to get the help. And if you go around hiding it, you won't keep doing it. Okay. And let's go with that. And let's say you catch him. Well, like, put yourself back then. If, like when getting caught, mm-hmm. what is needed for you in that moment of getting caught? Honestly, I would probably call the cops. You're going to let them feel the heat. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to cuddle my kid about it. I've been cuddled with it. It made me do it longer until it took my mom to pretty much kick me in the ass to, oh, crap, I am screwing up. I need to start looking at myself to be better. And I think that's what's so sad is that there's like a lot of those moments. I've known people too, like a close to home where it was a hard kick in the ass that got them to get up and go. And it sucks. Like it has to be that way, but you can't force people to learn. And if you mm-hmm. caught it, like, it'll be okay. We're going to, we'll get through this together. All that stuff. Like it's just, it's, it doesn't always work. It'd be nice to think that like, oh, I'm being the parent. It'd be nice for people to, uh, you know, people want to think like, oh, I'm being the good guy here. I'm being the good cop and the good cop wins. Guess what? Batman still has to kick ass, but he's still a good guy. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be able to take kick ass and take names. And, uh, yeah, I, I I agree with that. The zero tolerance policy when it comes especially to addiction. And, and in any shape, too. I don't think just drugs, but whatever it, form mm. it takes. Well, then again, you have your good addictions, too, though. You can be addicted to going to the gym. Fair enough. Okay. It's definitely a healthier one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, gonna you w- can be addicted to a lot of different things. And not addiction comes off as a bad thing. But you, you have the gym, you can be addicted to like swimming and stuff like that. Yeah. And can people take it too far, I guess, too? Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, gym addiction, I've never seen it in a super unhealthy point. And people will say like, well, there's steroids. I'm like, yeah, steroids isn't really an addicting drug. Like, it's cool getting big. It's cool getting stronger. Um, but it's not like an addicting drug. I don't know. That's one I never did either. I don't do needles. <laughs> really? You never did steroids? Didn't like that high? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. It isn't Like, I, I have tattoos, but you come at me with a needle, I'm passing out. Oh, dude, I hate needles. I cannot do it. <laughs> wow. Eric, mm. man, you haven't been talking a lot, man. I got to hear from you a little no, bit. I should, no, I actually like this conversation. This is good. <laughs> well, I think it's good that we can hear from your perspective. Um, especially some people are so coddled. Is that, and this is kind of like the generational cycle in my mind. So people go through hard things that, you know, they, they grow up, they have kids and they, they're able to teach their kids those hard things. So maybe those kids don't go on and do those stupid things. Well, let's go another generation. Your kids have kids. Well, because all your kids will have are just stories. They didn't have those experiences. Their kids will probably go on and do some stupid things. I always feel like there's a cycle to this sort of stuff. And I'm not going to say you're like, I'm some psychologist. I'm just, that's something I feel like happens. And, uh, I think it's always good that people can come back and listen like kind of from the horse's mouth right now, like years from now when your kids are listening to this or great grandkids, whatever it is. And they'll be able to see like, Oh wow. Like this does run in our family. You know, one reason for me that I I told you in the beginning of the podcast, I've never taken anything. It wasn't because of just how I was raised. That was actually more of the minor factor. It's I saw how it hurt so many people close to me. Uh, My own father, for instance, stuff he was, you know, on and how it destroyed a family. And being able to to see that, I was like, forget the religious part of this. This just sucks in general. Yeah. Going to church or not, this ruined a family. 
And so for me, I'm like, and I'm not going to act like I'm different. I've seen it in so many close family members. And I'm like, okay, clearly if they have an addiction in them or the fiend, as I, I call it sometimes, I'm not going to act like I'm special and be like, no, I can do this one time. And go, no, I can't. I'm not going to, to me, that's a price not worth paying. And see, that's interesting that you said that because most people that I've talked to, their parents are addicted to drugs. And so they have easy access to it. Yeah. So they're using it too when the parents are high. So that's interesting that you said that that's like the first time I've ever heard someone say, yeah, like the reason I don't do it is because of my family. And like I said, there was close enough people to me. I'm like, I probably could have or snuck something or found something uh, very easily. I don't think they would have just given it to me that we weren't, my, my siblings and I weren't that co uh, close yeah. <laughs> to where they would have helped me or something. But, but the fact that it was that close to home. Exactly. Once you're stung out of your mind, you really don't know what's going on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah, no, that's just, it brings into perspective, I think, for hopefully the people who are listening about what drugs do. And if there are people listening to this who who have been strung out on something or have had family members, like, they know how damaging that is to the family. Uh, in some ways, you want to be like, I feel like I was robbed of a childhood. Like, it, it almost feels that way. And may, maybe not for everybody, but I know for me a little bit, I had moments I was like, man, like, I see all these other people who are able to be in a fully functioning family who are like, they're all together. They're having fun. They all get along at least on the outside. And, you know, they probably fight and stuff on the inside too. Say, but, yeah, you don't know what's but, happening but, behind closed doors. But let's just for majority of the time you, it, where it looked like that, even people I spent a lot of time around, uh, they, it was at least functional to an extent where with mine, I was like, man, a lot of dysfunction. You know, I can't go out and be like, Hey, let's throw a football around. Like it was just me. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was seeing mom for a long time and kind of the same thing as you having to, build a relationship with my stepdad over it took some time mm -hmm. but it was definitely a, a good journey now but i saw like where we all had to start was we had to be broken up first and that was just that sucks doing to kids speaking from that point of view as a kid yeah. going through it yeah that's definitely the worst part seeing other people being able to live their lives like the way you wish you could mm -hmm. so robert i want some advice let's say i'm someone right now i'm struggling but you don't know i'm on the other side of this okay now i am the listener Okay. What are you going to tell me right now to give me advice about drugs or about staying away from addiction or getting clean? What is your like golden advice? If you have to do it, make sure you're in a secure place and make sure that you are willing to have a crappy life for it. Like, so sit down and like make like willingly now make those decisions. Yep, what you write down go. what you like and cross them off because once you start using, they're gone. They'll eventually fade away. Yep. And the fact is, like, some of your relationships now aren't fixed completely. No, and honestly, I don't think they'll ever will be. Wow. So, wait, I had a question about what do you say to the people, though, who should, for example, help out a crackhead? Let's say, like, my cousin's on crack. How should I approach? Not that he's on crack. I'm just saying, what if he was? <laughs> if he was, if he was <laughs> on crack. <laughs> I would say don't judge him. That's fair. I'm very judgmental. Be there for him when he does decide he wants help. Mm -hmm. But don't coddle him for it. So don't be like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. Look, we'll get yeah. through this. Just plan on saying, like, you, you're an idiot. You're, you're, an you're a idiot. dumbass. What's your, what's your way of changing? How can I help you but also not be an anchor to anchor to you, you know, and i feel like i feel like that's something that we talked about once so we had arthur on a, a therapist and he talked about making it a team thing now he talked about it in a different aspect but i still think that applies here a team 
Mm-hmm. So again, Eric, you find your cousin. Cousin, maybe you're not actually cracked out, but hey, you know, you don't judge him. They all straight. You know he's going to get a phone call from his cousin. I know, right? Now. Like, what the hell are you telling people my business for? <laughs> so, uh, and I think it's approaching it with that we aspect. Okay, so like you messed up. You're a dumbass. So what do we do now? I think, is it, would you recommend that's how someone takes that approach? Yeah, I should like that. And the, the reason I brought that up is because I've noticed, this is last week, I was at work, right, with uh, one of my coworkers. She's a mom in her 40s. And her child is a, uh, you know, a drug head. And I call him a crackhead. That's what I grew up calling him. Yeah. And she kind of took offense to that. She didn't get, she didn't jump down my throat, but she did say, I don't like that word crackhead. Please don't use it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think you would take it offensively. So I'm trying to be like more so I would proper say, with the approach. If it's the family member, yeah, definitely don't be calling a crackhead. Like be <laughs> yeah. there. That's the people you want to call. It's because they are going through that by themselves. Sometimes they need the more help than the actually kids that or people that are using because the people that are using they know what they're doing they know they are destroying relationships and if they want to fix it they will finally fix it but be there for the family that has no control in that kid yeah. okay that, that's actually good advice like i said i'm very flippant, you know i didn't you know yeah i didn't think about that though the collateral damage of that like we talked a little bit about it but more from like the the addict's point of view mm-hmm. but being able to take a step back and actually trying to put yourself in that position like i talked about it from the kid's perspective but think about like a mom having to watch their kid go through that did your mom ever talk to you about that like what she dealt with some of her emotions she got to the point yes and no because she almost got divorced from my stepdad because of this oh wow yeah because me and him were biting heads, and she was tired of being the middle person. She was tired of defending you, but she, exactly. she felt like she had to because she's the mom. Exactly. The mom bear came out. She was going after, she was trying to protect me from everyone. And so that probably hurt other relationships. That I don't even know about that. That hurt relationships with her. Yeah. Wow. I think you're doing good now, though, just coming back to, you know, kids and helping them out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And honestly, if it wasn't for that cop, I probably wouldn't have done this. Really, I tried to use my story as something that can help other kids. Like, I hear kids, oh, you don't know how it is to be in a treatment center. Yeah, I've been in jail. I've been to rehab. Yeah, it's not the same thing, but I know how it feels to not be able to do what you want, not to get what you want, and not to be able to talk to your family at at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so you, yeah, you really know what it's like. (laughs) Somewhat. Hey, it's friend. a different, different output. Your, but. Yeah, I mean, it's different than like when kids are in a treatment facility. But the fact is, yours is more damning. Yeah, like you have a record, right? Yes. Like, yep. So, yeah. so all right. Like, and how has having a kid now helped your life? Um, actually, stop. It hasn't stopped the cravings, but it makes me want to be better for him. So all my cravings have went down. They're still there, but. I want to be a dad that he can look be like, yeah, I had the best dad. He helped me with all this stuff and he was there for me when I needed him. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm excited to see what happens. Obviously like yeah. we've been friends for a while now and with everything going on, I still haven't told anyone in the podcast yet and we're going to keep it that way for now. But with the life change yeah. I have coming up, we'll, I'll keep in contact and you better. I'll, <laughs> I'll come over there. <laughs> yep. We're not going to say it here yet. <laughs> Let everyone wonder if they care at all. All right. Eric, you got any last words for anyone? Hmm. Next week I get paid. Want to go to the bar? Because <laughs> I heard it's a really nice gay bar. I just want to make sure it's good. <laughs> Eric, don't do this. <laughs> I can't promise you. You can ask Thomas. I flirt 
with males when I'm drunk. <laughs> so you are, you are. No, he ain't. He's just when he's drunk, he's a little fruity. Come on now. all right well this is getting really awkward it almost sounds like a date's being set up here on the podcast thomas you want to come i it sounds like i'm gonna have to be the designated driver (laughs) no no i wouldn't i wouldn't drink i'll just check it out okay anyway robert so last words to people you already gave your golden advice but what are just your last words now i would say be smart on what you do yeah and it sounds so much it's easier said than done but <laughs> hey that's it and if you are needing help you got to reach out you want to fix yep. your life you want to get clean you want to get sober whatever it is you got to reach out to someone exactly. so uh you know i think what we'll do for this particular podcast is down below if people want to look into the description we'll put the uh i believe there's a hotline there for the, yeah usually so, there is yeah so we'll find that out and we'll put it there in case anyone sees us and they feel like they need to get clean you understand the, the damage you're going to cause in your family in your life and we don't want that to happen we're really happy to have you on today man yeah, thank you you know what i'm saying like being able to for someone now who's taking a hard look behind that curtain and now you're on the other side of it with a beautiful family i think you give a lot of hope to people mm-hmm. who are wondering like can i come back from this you can come back from anything you just have to be willing to put in the work to do it i think you got to be willing to face the demons oh definitely you got to be willing to make those phone calls to say hey i yep. messed up if you can't do the phone calls you're not ready to get clean oh that's rough some people may not be ready to hear that right now. <laughs> <laughs> probably not the best thing to end on <laughs> make those calls though make exactly. them it will change your life and for anyone who doesn't need help you can always reach out to the ogre in the ass on instagram or youtube and whatever in the comments and Talk to us about your addiction. We're more than willing to help you out however we can. <clears throat> yep. We are here. Yep. That's what we do. Anyway. Well, thanks again for coming on, yeah, big guy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No well, even though we uh, we always hate how to wrap these things up, we're just going to end it with what we usually say. First and foremost, if you are on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and like hit the like button for us. We uh, that we do see that and obviously it helps us out a lot. And if you're on any other platform, please follow us while you're listening. We still see, we got, we're getting a little bit of a following out there in Europe still. I'm loving it. Is it growing? It's growing a little bit, a little by little. Out in Europe? Yeah, a little bit. How? Man, I don't know. But you know what? We ain't going to ask questions. Are you guys about to wear your (laughs) Don't worry about that. (laughs) Oh, oh, man, yeah. Hey, no one's followed up on that so far, so we ain't doing any crap about it yet. The the French maid outfit is still a thing, unfortunately. So, but like always, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay the hell out of our swamp.